The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 135, recorded March 6, 2020. My name is Joe Becker, the one half of the KyberCast podcasting team. The other half is... Michael Diaz. That's me. What up, Michael? What up, Joe? How you doing? Good. Good night last night. Michael and I saw The Batman, which we will talk about in this episode a little bit later on. Um, so, yeah, great night. Yeah, so this podcast is a little bit different. Usually we record on a Thursday night. We're recording this one on Sunday morning. So this is why you're getting it a little bit later than usual, because we wanted to leave time to talk about the Batman later. Yeah, we didn't want to wait a whole week if we knew we were going to try and see it. And we we couldn't see it Thursday night or Friday night because, um, you know, we're not professionals. <laughs> I Professional do like- something. We're just not professionals. Special podcast. Yeah. I, I do like the fact that like we told our significant others, yeah, let's go see it and didn't tell them the time of the movie, how long the movie was. <laughs> I am no idiot. <laughs> I knew if I started with, hey, do you want to see a three hour Batman movie? The response would have been no. Yep. But do you want to go out to dinner and see Batman? Yes. Oh, yeah. and by of the which, way, it's three hours. Of which I blew with the dinner part. Sorry about that. That's okay. We still had a nice dinner. Good. Good, good, good. Um, so before we jump into the Batman, uh, you know, there's not a lot of news this week, but uh, I did see that Netflix's Marvel series is now going to Disney Plus. And we were talking about that last week. Like, will it be Hulu? Right. But Disney saw fit to to make sure that all the marvel entities sit in one space which i can't argue with but they added new parental control so as i guess that when that whenever that day is released they're going to have new parental controls okay and, um then you'll have to reset your disney plus parental controls to see those particular episodes or shows which makes sense well you know even as more adult i'll say the netflix shows are i still wouldn't say they go anything above pg-13 which that's Disney Plus as well. It's not supposed to go above Disney 13. Now, it might skew a little bit darker than some of the other Disney shows. Yeah, I don't think there's... Well, I think there's blood. I think blood is the biggest thing for rated R. Right, and I, there's a lot of, um, like, I think there's blood. sex. Yeah, right? that, I can explain that to a kid. Um, but uh, guns and stuff is harder for me to explain to kids. That's my right. own per- personal take. Well, the MPAA disagrees with you. <laughs> well, I think this country. Well, I won't even get into that. That's fine. That's a whole. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole podcast in and of itself that we will never do right. because that's not stuff we want to talk about. Um. So, anyways, exactly. you, I don't know when it's gonna when it's gonna hit, but hey, that's that just you know you didn't finish uh, Daredevil three though, right? As it moved on, did you miss? Did it pull before you saw? It did, but that's okay because now I can watch it on Disney Plus. Right. I don't know when. Sometime before I actually, Moon Knight. 
I actually thought I had to wait a lot longer. Like, yeah, me too. Like we all knew, like no, no one was fooled that it wasn't going to show up somewhere in one of the Disney properties on one of the streaming sites. Right. I just thought it might be like months, not two to three weeks. Yeah. I thought there might be like a year contract or something like a year, year, you know, no compete, whatever the hell you call it, you know, no stream, no stream allowed, but Hey, that's how it works. It's their property. So in terms of content, um, anyways, so I saw you had another piece of news, uh, that you posted on our, Facebook page. Yeah. Um, a little surprising, but they've uh, announced that Hulu, or on Hulu, they're going to have a standalone alien movie, which in hindsight makes sense because remember they tried to secretly film a standalone Predator movie for Hulu, which we already know is called Prey, and that should be out sometime this year. I think it's that what, this summer? I don't remember off the top of my head. It's, but anyway. it's not, it, but that's not about the predator going to church right correct it's p-r-e-y joe gotcha all right um and we you know just to reiterate the uh the predator movie is a prequel takes place sometime uh i i know that he uh encounters a native american tribe uh and it takes place sometime i think approximately in the 17 or 1800s is sam elliott in it no you like the themes (laughs) Um, not much more to say about this alien movie, other than we know it's a standalone film and that it is not attached or connected, at least not in any overt way, to the Noah Hawley alien series that's coming to Hulu. So that makes weird sense to me then. Yeah, I, I'm so a part of me is afraid. I get it. These are popular popular, you know, franchises. Yeah. That unfortunately, haven't done great. Since the nineties, there's only two good movies in my opinion, but the first and second one, right? Well, like I said, and I made this argument before, and I won't get too into it, but by itself, I think Alien Three is a fantastic film. It's just the wrong film after Aliens. Yeah, if that maybe. makes sense. I get it, but I don't. I have you know. Do we need another Alien standalone? Like, how about just give us a series and see where that goes? What, what if it's not going to lead into like some you know, you know sometimes. TV shows in the past, like uh, when we were kids, like Buck Rogers, like it started with a movie, a TV movie, and then it became a series. You know what I mean? They kind of let in with a movie that that kicked off the, the series. I'd, I'd like to see that if they're going to do it. But if it's something completely different, then why why are you spending money on that and not your series? Like take the extra money and make the series better. Well, on top of that, and, okay, so I have two minds. Um, sometimes a smaller budget forces creativity. Agree. That's why Terminator is so good. Terminator is fantastic, right? Now you watch it now, and, and some of the special effects are awful. Like 40, but 40 years. It's ago been forty years exactly. It's no different than watching, you know, if you had watched a you know some kind of sci-fi movie from the forties, right? The, the special what's effects it, are not going to. What's up. the movie with the Jason and the Argonauts? Right. Exactly. So, but you know how much? How much? Uh, special effects do you need from an alien movie? Yes, you need alien, but after that, it's more about atmosphere and story. And yeah, because the know. first alien movie, it's not like it's chock full of effects. It's just right. dark. It's just dark and lit way and scary. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm of two minds. You don't need a huge budget for an alien film, but then again, 
this direct to streaming gives me pause because I, I don't know. Being a huge Alien and Predator fan, I want to see something good on the big screen. But maybe, maybe that's not where it belongs. Maybe Alien and Aliens in the first Predator film. I'll even say the second Predator film because I liked it. But but it's it. Maybe you know, maybe those were fantastic, and we should just enjoy them for what they are. But you're not gonna you're not gonna have Lightning Strike again. No, I think the problem is, and maybe some of this we'll even talk about in the Batman. Um, is that how many times can you tell it the same way? Like, exactly. wh- wh- what is this going to be? Is it, okay, alien. Okay, they're going to be hunted by an alien. Okay, well, that's everything so far. How can you make a twist on it? How how, how can they take the Predator and, and, and twist it and, and make a good story and good characters? I don't think it should be thrown away, but take it somewhere different. Do something, you know, don't don't isolate people on a ship or whatever. Like, turn alien into, into Jurassic Park. Or something like where they're already on Earth or something. And then you're like, holy shit, you're battling for Earth. I don't know. I'm not saying that's a good script or anything like that. But I mean, it's different than like, here's five people. You need something different. Yeah. Here's five people on a ship and there's a monster. Okay. Well, we've seen that 15 times already. So, And not just in the Aliens franchise. I mean, there have been so many alien clones since then. Like, you you make a great point. Because Alien, yes, it's a. It's a slasher movie on a spaceship, but yeah. instead of Michael Myers, it's an it's an alien, right? Whereas Aliens, James Cameron came in and said, "All right, let's make different types of aliens. You know, let's have a warrior cast instead of just the drones, and then uh, let's throw a queen in there, and let's uh, let's throw in some marines, and let's turn it into an action movie." And it was a, but it still keeps the you know the tension because aliens yeah, because are so it, powerful. It, it, it was more like if these things get out. The whole, everybody's screwed, right? So it was like a battalion. You know, it was a different take. Right, right. So then, yeah, because now you add the whole thing is, if, imagine, you know, just this small settlement, settlement. now if one of these just got to Earth, which obviously Ripley says, then you're right. like, even though we don't see that film, and I don't even know we need to see that film, it gives that potential, right? It gives you like, wow, this right. this is this is ominous. I think, so, I think the, the final alien should be they got to Earth. Now what? Well, that's a, the unfortunate thing is there's never going to be a final movie, right? right. Well, there is eventually, but. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to say good or bad, um, but. Uh, well, that's the thing. It's too early to say because all we know they're doing a film. We right. haven't even seen the show yet. So if the show is shit, is that going to kill buzz for the movie? Probably. Should probably start with the movie, but then they would kill the TV show anyways. Exactly. And so the only other thing I wanted to say about this is that it's starting to seem now like uh, the former Fox owned by Disney is like they're just throwing shit at the wall. Let's try a TV show and then uh, let's also do a movie. And they're not related, but whichever one works, you know, makes us funny. People watch Hulu. Right. So. Well, one last piece of news I didn't throw in here that I forgot. Um, I'm looking forward to Halo on March 24th. I am really looking forward to that show on, Par- on Premier- uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, it's not news, but <clears throat> and speaking with the alien stuff coming out, it just kind of struck me that uh, Halo popped into my head. And I know that's coming out March 24th. They're putting more trailers and stuff out there. It looks like it could be well done. I hope it is. <laughs> and I hope it's something that's going to be interesting. Um, but I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. It looks interesting. I will definitely check it out. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like they uh, went low budget at all. It looks like 
They spent a fair um, amount of money on this. It, it looks good. Um, all right, so let's move on to because we have a lot to talk about with Batman, but let's move on to. Oh, by the way, for our listeners, um, we have huge winds flying through here in Michigan today, Sunday morning. <laughs> and for all those that know anything about me, I live in uh, a fairly rural wooded area, so it's like every time the wind blows, I'm like, okay, there goes my power. Um, <laughs> so I'm really hoping that you know, knock on wood. Oh, the dogs thought I was barked. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's move on to our geek this week. I will start. I started watching Picard, saw the first episode. Michael and I will probably talk about that next week, but um, that's one of it. So I'm not going to say anything here, but that's my one of geek this week. And I'm watching the Vikings uh, pickup from the History Channel show that's now on Netflix. They, they bought the rights and they have Vikings Valhalla, which takes place, I believe, 100 years after uh, Ragnar Lothbrook. Um, uh, so I'm watching that show, but ironically, the previews yesterday, we say trailers, but they become before the movie. So I still call them previews. Um, we saw the Northman preview and it's all, there's a lot, there's a Vikings moment that's been happening for the last three or four years. Thanks to Thor. Maybe, I don't know, (laughs) but those are my only two geeks. But I I do like the Vikings show. It's a little, this one's a little played versus the, the, the first series that was out there and not quite as good. At least yet, I'm six episodes in. Um, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna like, how far is, are you into it? But Netflix, I forgot, drops the entire season at a time. Yeah, so, so you you just start watching and watching, and you're 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 hooked on it, or you, you know, they're they're very smart at ending the shows with something that you want to see at least the first five minutes of the next show to see what happens. Then you end up watching the whole thing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I like it, but I don't think it's as good as the the History Channels. It's a it's a little thinner. That's you know, too bad. But it, but it's just starting, so I don't know. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll give it. It's not horrible. It's fun, you know. I, I just have a, you know, when I watch these period pieces, I just wonder why everybody in the past has English accents, um, <laughs> even if even if they're Vikings. You know, what I mean, they, they, it's a little slightly different than English uh, for the Vikings, but I don't know. You know, when I watch some of this stuff nowadays, maybe it's me, but I I, I don't think I would mind if what I would like is um, this is really convoluted but if the vikings are with their own people then maybe we switch to english so we don't have to subtitle it but when they're with when they're trying to talk with others and they don't know the language they should speak and like where you can't understand you know what i mean i don't know it sounds weird but it's kind of like when you're in somebody's universe you see common tongue but then when you when they're outside when they're with other people or something and you see maybe the real it might be interesting or i've always thought that like if you start something like that where people are talking, start three or four sentences in their own tongue and then blurred English to let you know, like, you're getting this. Be- it's not dubbed, but they would be talking in that language. I don't know. Maybe that's just overthinking it. But No, I get it. I get it. But, well, you know, at least with the Northmen, they actually, you know, um, cast a Swede. Yeah. <laughs> Which, is, you know, it's it's better. It's, it's the prequel to, like I said, uh, we saw the preview. It's the prequel to True Blood. <laughs> That's right, because wasn't wasn't his name Eric Northman? Yes, and he was That's a Viking, and he was funny. the same actor. That would be That's great. Right. That would be great if it, at the end he gets hit by a vampire. And you're like, what the fuck? That'd be a huge twist. The Northman movie, but that movie looks pretty interesting. I mean, now that we we could maybe jump on that real quick, but that movie looks like it's shot really well. It's like a Ridley Scott kind of film. I don't know who's directing it though. 
Uh, I can tell you, actually, Joe, because I just pulled up the page to look up to make sure I had, I had Alexander Skarsgård's on. Ah. see right. And instructed yeah. by a Robert Eggers. I don't know who that is. Neither Maybe do I. Idea. I don't know. Maybe I should know who he is, but I... He's probably some super comes famous. Up. Oh, he did um, The Witch. Oh, and The Lighthouse. Oh, that's a happy film. Robert Pattinson and... Uh, yeah. What's that? Willem Dafoe. So that's probably a happy yeah. film that I didn't see. I don't think I want to see that. Yeah, it's black it, and I heard, white. I heard it was great. No, I like black and white films. It's just I heard it. it oh, but you, no comedies are done in black and white anymore. So you know it's a serious film when it's black and white. Right. I think Young Frankenstein might be the last black and white. That was comedy. probably the last <laughs> comedy. Yes, done in black and white. <laughs> All right, that's my two uh, geeks this week. What about you? Uh, geek this week. Uh, let's see. Uh, Red Spectators on uh, part five, which again is from Brian K. Vaughn and Nico Henrik uh, Henriken. Uh, super, super violent. So again, not safe for work or not safe for kids. Um, I, not to give away the story, but I don't know where they're going with it because it seemed like it started with one premise and then has taken a huge left turn, which really has piqued my interest. So I'll say that about spectators. It's for free from Substack. Uh, just do a Google search and I'm sure you'll find it. You can subscribe and every, I think Monday you get a new part, which is about four or five pages. Oh, cool. Um, also watching Star Trek Discovery, which I know Joe gave up on the series. What after I'll, season I'll, two, I'll, three? I'll, uh, no, I'm what I'm on episode five or six. I'm at episode five, so I've been. Oh, I'll, oh I'll okay. Back into it. I just you don't love it. That's fine. It's just the same. I know, I know, I know your arguments. It's fine. I look. look I'm honest. I, I was honest about Book of Boba Fett. I waited to the end. I gave my like out. Call out people might say, "Well, you're just biased because Star Star Wars." Yes, I will say I, I like Star Wars more, but I'm also very critical of Star Wars. If it's bad, I'm going to say it. Um, I just don't get the Star Trek. Uh, I just don't get discoveries. Like it just it's becoming monotonous and and you know. Granted, I didn't get to a part where you said it changed, so maybe it'll get better. Like well, like I said, I I'm liking the series especially this season. Uh, it did take me, like I said, a few episodes to get to that point where I was like, yeah. And I am finding myself, I, I don't know if it's the writing or, it, well, it probably is the writing and the acting. But, well, you know, so much of it, like you said, has been, and I recognize this, is let's focus on Burnham, which is, I get that. Um, and she's always right. And she's always whispering or crying. <laughs> right? It's true. I know I I totally get those criticisms, but like I said, these series, the streaming series are so much shorter. Whereas, you know, like I said, next generation season one was 26 episodes. That's mm. like two or two and a half seasons that what we get now is streaming. Right. So here we are now in season four, which may have only been through like season two back in the eighties. And we're really now starting to get some of the characters are getting a little bit more spotlight on the different characters and they're able to develop. And I'm actually starting to give a shit about more of the characters more. Okay. Um, which let's face it. I mean, yes, there has been a little bit of focus on Saru, but 90% of the focus has been on Burnham. Right. And I do like in at least the last episode I just watched, they're starting to expand that scope. So you're getting to find out more about the characters. And when you, like you've said many times, if you care about the characters, then you care about the show. Right. So it's just that it shouldn't take until the fourth season for me to get there. 
No, and if you remember, if we go back, if people go back, listen to, to I think we we reviewed Discovery season one. I liked Burnham from the, from the first, or like I liked her, but by the time I got to end of season two, I'm like, I'm they're not giving her any room to grow. It's the same problems, right? Um, uh, and I'll give you that. With season she's one, the only, she's the only answer problem, which I you know, come on, right? Every time and never right. fail. No, I I get it. I get it. Uh, I, and I don't 100%. I mean, obviously, I don't disagree. I, I see where your criticism is coming from. Um, and I'll also give grant you season one was completely different because she was not in charge. So there was some added friction because uh, she knew her stuff, but she was always in conflict with whoever was in command of the ship. Right. So. But that's fine for one season. Grow past that. You know, how do you, how does that character grow? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. My favorite character of the show is the, and I forget, the, the Latino gentleman, the guy, he's great. He does the hologram and he's the other captain. No, it's Picard. Uh, oh, sorry. That is Picard. Sorry. My bad. But that's fine. We can talk about, well, we won't talk about that no, only because that. we're going to talk about that in our next episode. So. I don't know why. Because I just watched it. That's why. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. Cool. All right. Not to, not to push along. I just. Uh, oh, we're fine. I was going down to. Picard road that road there. Yeah, Anyways, save that, um, save that for save next week. It. I'll save it. All right. Uh, real quick before we get into the Batman, um, we have a Patreon page. And if you could go to patreon.com slash Kybercast, uh, maybe throw us a tip or two over there. Um, I think we have to do something a little different with that page. I'm not sure um, that we're doing all we can to help, you know, for our, for our listeners. So Michael and I will re we'll look at that and see what we can do. But for right now, if you'd like to give us a small tip jar thing to keep this uh, machine running, um, that would be very helpful. Uh, that's again, it's patreon.com slash Kybercast. All right, Michael, here we are. The, the main topic, the Batman. Um, boy, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't write down a whole list of what, how we're going to talk about this. Um, My over, you, let me hear your overall thoughts, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of jump through a little bit of hoops and how it was made and, and everything like that. But uh, what's your initial take? My initial take is, and I think you know this already, but obviously I'm sharing this. Well, with I do because yeah. <laughs> we talked last night. Um, I liked it. It's it's Batman. It's Batman done well. Um, but there's a big but. It's, uh, I'm still deciding and chewing on the fact how I feel about the overly dark nature of it. I mean, right off the bat, this is the darkest of the Batman films to come out yet. Not that I expect a lot of levity, not that I want, you know, the uh, neon color fest and kind of ridiculousness that were the Joel Schumacher Batman films, but this one. This one's dark, really there dark. Were, there were some there were a couple moments of levity. Yeah, I mean, uh, one quick piece of levity. Uh, before, uh, don't, don't mean to cut you off in your in, initial review, but the one piece of levity I liked is when uh, Penguin was bound with his hands and legs, and he was kind of waddling <laughs> like that yes. was a nice little. You know, people didn't pay attention, but was, something like that is very funny. There's some. I, did, I didn't even not. catch that, but now that you say that, yes, that was great. That was great acting on uh, Colin Farrell's yeah. part. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, just. So, short take, yes, it's by far the darkest Batman, in my opinion. Um, and 
as even though I enjoyed it, it could have it could have used some editing. I think it was about 30, 40 minutes too long. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my initial take is bravo to Matt Reeves for doing something different in the comics world. Um, this is not a superhero movie that you, anybody that everybody's used to probably seeing. So I, you know, your kids aren't going to like this. I can see people why they wouldn't like this movie. I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's not a perfect movie um, by any means. Right. Uh, but it was certainly, it's like Chinatown meets, meets seven meets Batman, you know? Um, so I really enjoyed the take of, uh, uh, this is a, uh, what would you call it? A graphic novel movie, not a comic book movie. I agree. If, If that makes any sense and how I can explain both of them. Um, it is a very good Batman movie. You know, it, it, you can't, I don't think any other character can do it like this. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed the film. Uh, I didn't get tired watching it, um, which is good because it's a long movie. And that's where Michael's right. You know, there, there's, there's my big critique is, you know, it's not that it was edited poorly. It's just that I think that was, um, there's there's time between Riddler pieces that that kind of get me uh, because it's going down different paths on purpose because this is the Batman as a detective which I loved I love that he worked with Gordon like you didn't yes. see that in any other Batman film and he's forming a relationship with uh, was he Captain or Sergeant what was he Gordon he was not Commissioner obviously he was not he was not he may have even been Lieutenant I think at this point. Yeah, but he had enough leeway for people to leave him alone to work. Well, he was a that. detective, so they yeah. were right, right there. Yeah. They put you up a bit. So anyways, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I really liked Robert Pattinson. I thought he was fantastic. Um, it's a different Batman. He's a, still a kid in a way. He's still figuring out what he is. And in his mind, um, he comes at this with vengeance. And... I really like the, the the character arc. He, he did have an arc, especially yeah. when he, when it, you know, I, I get, uh, we did say spoilers, but especially at the end when he hears the word back to him. Vengeance. Yeah. He yeah. realized, holy shit, this, I am part of the cause and part of not enough solution. Well, yeah. So I know it happens at the end of the movie, but to kind of uh, jump on that point right there, you know, there's that whole car that scene where he is talking to uh, Riddler, who's now in Arkham. And Riddler is basically saying, you know, you and I, we're a team. We're the same. Yeah. And Batman's, he he doesn't believe him. He just thinks you're insane. But then when the, you know, faux Riddlers that show up, basically the terrorists, and they catch the one, he says, I'm vengeance. Then he realizes, yeah, it doesn't matter whether or not I disagree with Riddler about us being partners. Right. It's out there. And people see us as the same, and that's not what I want. Right. Um, so it was a really good character arc. Uh, the problem, like I said, the, the, the thing is I wanted more Riddler. Yeah, I could have used more Riddler. Like, you know, maybe him setting things up or something. I don't know. I'm not a writer, but that's that's the only thing that lacked for me was a little bit of Riddler. But the detective side of it was great. Great, great, great. Uh, I echo that. I mean, the only other time we've really seen the detective side of 
Batman, and it's very, very brief, is in the original Michael Keaton Batman film. Um, and the, the 60s TV show where he did it a lot. Okay, well, I understand they did a film of that, but I don't. No, not film, but the TV show itself. I know they did the TV show, but I, I don't know. I, I realize that's Batman, but it's so much more camp. I just... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it... But it was about, like, he had the Bat computer, which basically sort of uh, Robert Pattinson. Yes. Robert, you know, it was a Bat computer. Like, he had, like, cool tech. And not yes. just, like, you know, weaponry tech. It was, like, look at this, you know, a way to spy, you know, with the, the contacts and stuff and record what he sees. So you can go back and see, you know, there's some cool shit. That was good ideas. That is cool. But like I said, in, in the original Keaton slash Burton slash uh, Nicholson uh, film, remember uh, there's something where uh, the Batman or I'm sorry, the Joker had poisoned different types of right. like uh, shampoos and soaps and whatnot like that. And when right. he used them in a certain combination, it'd kill people. Right. And it was Batman that figured out that the connections and then they... They had the news anchors that they were getting progressively uglier because they couldn't shave or do their hair or anything. Right, right. But it's a, it's a very short scene. Right. Like, so they didn't really dive into the detective aspect. So, yes, I did like that very much because, unfortunately, lots of times in the movies, Batman is just the guy with the cool tech that comes in and punches people. Right. Which is fun and cool, but... He's the Dark Knight. He's the Dark Detective, right? I mean, one of his first comics was Detective Comics because that's part of the thing. Batman is a detective. So I do like that they leaned in on that. They made it a huge portion of his character. Um, I did, like you said, I also like the fact that they made him... They showed the growing relationship between him and Gordon. Um, I like that. Now, we did see a little bit of that in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Whereas Batman Begins is more like a year one, this is definitely, and they even make reference to the fact that he's been around for two years, this is definitely Batman year two. Right. Or maybe even the start of year three, where he's still beginning, but he's not as novice as to, you know, it's not his first year. He's been doing this for a bit, but he's still learning. And I like that. We we don't need another origin story, right? No, I'm glad no. that... We're moving away from, like, you know, when they brought back Spider-Man for, you know, um, Homecoming, we didn't need another origin story. No, so, even but, though the three films make him an or- origin story. But exactly. It was exactly. A, smart, a smart way to do it. Super smart. It worked. I mean, yeah. uh, and plus, I mean, I know the Spider-Man, and that's okay. not really the topic. We're but both the fact that two months of each other, so. Well, yeah, but like I said, the whole thing where they made the alternate universes and multiverse and Spider-Man. They switched it, so we don't even need to know how Uncle Ben died. We just know he's not there. Right. And then, yes, they switch it to May, and then you're like, oh, my God, that's his that's his Uncle Ben moment. So, right. anyway, I thought, well, I don't know, I, I've been here. What, what, what more do you have to say, Joe? Well, I thought the, <clears throat> the idea of, I mean, Batman had some good fear in this, so it was good. So he was feared, which is good. Yes. Um I thought that I mean, let's go by character. Uh, so, did you like Robert Pattinson as Batman? Did you like this? Did you buy him? Uh, I liked him. He's not my favorite Batman. Okay, he's maybe my third favorite Batman. I kind of liked him better than Christian Bale. 
Not even close for me. Because I don't like all the talk that that Christian Bale would do as Batman. Everyone does a slightly different voice for Batman. So I like that he didn't do a different voice. It was just a little softer. Like I, I it didn't bother me. Like I, it just by the time you got to the third Batman for the Chris, Christopher Nolan one, he was way overdoing it, and I could not stand that third movie at all. Hey, there, I we could do a whole episode on what's wrong with that third movie. So. It tarnished, um, it tarnished the trilogy for me. For It's like he just went overboard. The first two fucking great movies. Oh, uh, The Dark Knight, in my opinion, is one is a fantastic movie. It's a great movie. Just Pretty, movie. Tough top. Pretty tough to top. But in my opinion, it is the best comic book movie ever. Yeah, it's up there for sure. Um, I still like uh, Spider-Man 2. Um, but I did like Robert Pattinson's take. I think that it's... It reminded me of this movie reminded me in a way of uh, Casino Royale and that he hasn't really become Batman yet. And just like James Bond hasn't really become James Bond until the, you know, almost the end of Casino Royale. Right. I get that. Like even when he orders the uh, martini, shake her shirt. What do I care? James Bond cares, but you're not him yet. Right. So that's how I kind of felt in this movie that he, it was it was very much like uh, not in terms of like storyline or anything, but in terms of that character becoming the icon. And I think, you know, if they do a sequel, um, which I assume they will with the money they're making, you know, they don't go into these things with a one year with a one deal contract anyways. No, no, no. Um, but that maybe he'll become more, you know, we'll, we'll get to see a different kind of Batman, because what I really liked about this one was you know when he's talking to the riddler he goes i see the real the real you is the one in the mask that's the real you everything else is fake you know so he has to actually learn to become bruce wayne i think what we're missing is the bruce wayne side and that's probably why it's probably not the best batman yet because christian bale did a good bruce wayne in the first two where he turns it on as the rich guy philanthropist you know, Tony right. Stark-ish kind of person, right? So we don't get to see any of that. We just get to see brooding Bruce, and that can be old. You know, yes. he never went out. He was a recluse. So I think, you know, with year, if they do a year three or four or whatever they want to call it, um, he's going to do more as Bruce Wayne because it was hinted at by the new mayor. You know, you could do more, you know, and he's going to probably try and – replace his father's legacy of the renewal, you know, which was yep. a good storyline. So I think there's a lot more that he could be. So that's, that's, I'm going to give him a, a pass on Bruce Wayne yet as, because it was written in a way where he doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is yet, but he knows who Batman is. That's right. It. No, I a hundred percent agree. Um, there's a lot of potential for story there because, um, well, even in Batman begins, not, well, I mean, it's hard not to compare because there have been so many Batman films. Yeah, it's fine, too. But even in Batman Begins, I mean, uh, Christian Bale's Batman lost his way and was traveling the world. And Wayne, in, you know, Wayne Enterprises was run by the board, and he didn't give right. a shit about Wayne. Right. They're the ones that kept the company going. And, you know, he comes back in his 30s, or well, late 20s, early 30s, whatever it is. And you're right. He has to learn not only to become well, he, he's been a crime fighter now for quite a while, but he decides to take on this persona of Batman, but really that's who he is. But, you know, he has to be Bruce Wayne as well in the public eye. And this is just uh, like how things go. They're, they're kind of deconstructing, but also extending it a bit. So I fully expect 
the second movie, we're going to see Robert Pattinson more the Bruce playboy yeah. than we, cause this one, we, you're right. We totally didn't. And that's, that's okay. I mean, I can see people saying, well, he's not really Bruce Wayne in this film. He hasn't created the Bruce Wayne persona yet in this film. Right. But you're right. They leave a lot of breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs as to how he can become the Bruce Wayne's persona. So, yeah. And I, I think, you know, another tough, <clears throat> we'll, we'll go character by character. I think that'll best be a good way to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we were, we were the one character of the entire film is Gotham itself. Yes. Which and it always, always has is. to be a character. Yes. But my God, I mean, it was the rainy season. Okay. They went, like I said, criticism. Yes. They went way overboard with the rain. I, I get it. It looks cool. It's it, noir. Uh, it was very noir. Like this was a noir film. Oh yeah. I mean, there are very, very few daytime scenes. Yeah. Yeah, very, and even then it was cloudy AF until the end where you kind of saw a sunrise, which... Which there's a thematic reason for that, right. but yes. Um, um, go ahead. No, just just that. It's, I, I Like I said, I enjoyed it, but I think about the third downpour rain scene, focusing on his boots walking in the rain, I was like, all right, I get it. It's rainy. Apparently Gotham now is somewhere between Portland and Seattle. Right. <laughs> no, no kidding. I think the thing, though, um, what I was kind of getting at is uh, a little bit of the cinematography. I don't know if you noticed, but I really enjoy the cinematography of this film. If you he used lenses that were really focused in the center, and if you look in the outer, like a wide lens, they were they were out of focus on the right, you know, all the way around except for the middle. I didn't notice, but in a, but in again, a lot of in a lot of scenes, like that's where I'm looking, you know, in the center, right? Yeah, I'm looking at the whole shot, like it's forcing you to look at the middle. Um, so direction wise, uh, in cinematography was great. I I liked the way they did the action. It wasn't like Jason Bourne where they did all these cuts, cuts, cuts. They they taught people to fight, so you had yes. pullback things. And it was really simple fights, but like really good. You know, pullback choreography. Um, yeah, I like to see fights. I mean, okay, yeah. that sounds terrible to say it like that, but That's okay. right when born, when it's so close in, and you just see arms and stuff flying around, and next thing someone's down, and they get back up, and they do it again. I know. I mean, I get it. Those people are super well trained combatants, but let's let's back it up. Let's see, actually, see the fight happen, and that's what we saw. In this, yeah, it was very clear. Um, all right, character number two, uh, probably my favorite of the movie, personally was Catwoman. And Selena Kyle was Zoe Kravitz playing. What did you think? I, I think I'm going to be on the periphery on this one in that I thought she was fine. I thought she played a good Catwoman. She was definitely better than Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, she was fine. I mean, maybe it's just I don't care for so much for the big Catwoman character. Right. I, I get that she's, you know... A, integral part of the Batman ethos. She was good. I just, uh, when she left, I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, I see know, that. in the movie when she went, <clears throat> I mean, I, I just liked her. Don't get me wrong. Zoe Kravitz was great. She was good. Yeah. I, I thought the character was really good. Like placing her as part of the story of central, like being part of the, the detective finding out who's doing what to, to get to the Riddler. In the underground, she was the perfect lead-in to get to the underground, <clears throat> which is yes. what, what he, <clears throat> which was a very good storyline decision. Um, you know, her friend, 
who is killed. And that kind of leads it leads off to, uh, you know, Batman doing his detective work. So, but I thought her character was fantastic. Um, I liked the way uh, she fought. I liked the way they, you know, uh, she's a strong character, but also parental problems as well. <laughs> it seems everybody had parental problems in this film. So, oh yeah, that that seemed to be a theme. Yeah, Batman dealing with you know the, the loss of his parents, her, the loss of her parent, and the fact that one of her parents is an asshole, and then you have the Riddler with being an orphan. Right, right. A lot of daddy and mommy issues. Exactly. What do you think of uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright? You know, Jeffrey Wright can do no wrong. Nice. Point. Basically, what it comes down to it, I, I mean, I. Part of, I mean, I'm not trying to knock him as an actor. So when I say this, I'm not. But his voice is made for film. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, kind of like uh, James Earl Jones, you know, right. or right. Will Arnett. They've got great voices. Right. So I thought he was good. Um, I, I enjoyed his character. I like that. I, I like the way that he and Batman work together. Um, like I said, Jeffrey Wright, he was perfect in the role. Um, no slight against him. That said, I like Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon, or Lieutenant Gordon, Detective Gordon better. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Um, I'm kind of hope we, we saw a little bit of family for Lieutenant, for Gary Oldman's version. We'll see if uh, this commissioner has it. I did like the scene where, you know, you got to punch me. You know, they're, they're, he's trying to tell, get the Batman out of the police station. Yeah. After, you know. And then later on, he goes, you could have pulled your punch. because I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That yeah. was good. Um, but I liked him a lot. I, I, you know, I don't know if people get into the whole race of it or all, but didn't, you know, he was a great commissioner, Gordon. What about Oswald Cobblepot? Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, you know, Colin Farrell, he, you know, when he first got into acting, what, about 20 years ago, give or take? He did some fantastic roles, but he also was known as the party boy. And let's face it, he's a very attractive man. So, and he did, I mean, he was also in Daredevil, which is a terrible, terrible movie and a little over the top in that. But this is probably one of his, I mean, out of all the roles he's had, he's had many, many fantastic acting roles. And this just right here proves it. I mean, he, he's unrecognizable and he's great. At least I thought. What did you think? I thought he was fantastic. Did I'm trying to figure out if the character is smart or not smart. Sometimes I think he's an idiot, and then sometimes I think he's really smart. I think he's opportunistic. I think, yeah, but you have to be a little, a little smart, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's smart enough to realize when it's a good time to you know jump in there. Like in the comics, for a while, I don't know if this is still the case because I'm not up to date on Batman, but in the comics. Uh, Penguin was just that. He became like a crime lord and ruled right, a good right. chunk of Gotham. And I think that's what we're seeing here because the way the way things end, I mean, you see him on that dawn and he's just kind of looking out at the city. And it's if it's not foreshadowing, then something's wrong with me because I 100% believe he's going to be like one of the big bads still in the inevitable sequel. Yeah. At least it seems to be where they're going to put him. Maybe an inevitable, perpetual bad. Like, I don't think he'll, like, put him behind Arkham. 
Like, I think it would be one of those kingpin kind of guys that. Exactly. Kingpin doesn't necessarily, is the right word. It yes. doesn't necessarily uh, arrest him. You know, they got to find the, the goods on him. I really love the chase scene. So, this is why I brought up Penguin because the, the car chase scene, dude, when that thing started up in the alley. Did oh. you get, I got a, with the sound like, oh, this is, a, and I love the Batmobile in this, this kind of makeshift. You, you see him working on the engine throughout the movie. Yes. It's, it's on the engine block and stuff and he finally got it going. Um, what a great Batmobile. Not overdone. It was like, it's like a 69 Camaro or something that's been, you know, modded. Was it Camaro? I, I thought it was like a Challenger or something. But could I, be, I don't know. It, it, it could be one of any of those, right? That's, it's like a Camaro. It's an F body kind of uh, vehicle um, modded out. But, uh, with the uh, kind of a hint to the past, a Batmobile with the little rocket in the back, like the the '60s uh, show, which is still the bat, best Batmobile ever, is the original '60s Batmobile. I don't care what anybody says; that was the best. You thought that was the best Batmobile? Oh fuck yeah, by far. Oh no, no. Yeah, not that stupid giant ones they made in the last two Batmobiles. Like I don't need a tank. Oh no, the Tumbler will. Always be my favorite Batmobile. Now the 60s. It's, I've got various cars of it all around the house. That is by far. All right. Well, folks, you tell us. Batmobile. You tell us in our, on our social media which who had what is the best Batmobile. To me, it's still the Adam West Batmobile. Is still the, my favorite. That's a cool um, one, and I even like the one from the first two. I mean, there's not a Batmobile that I dislike. I, I didn't care for the uh, the Tim Burton's Batmobiles. Eh, I liked him, but it was before, you know, you remember it was the late 80s. Uh, comic book movies are not what they were then, or they weren't then what they are now. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. So it was a bit more comic booky. It's fine. Right. But yeah. I, I like this one. This one was much more real, if you will. It makes more sense. Yeah. But, you know, it, again, talking about the Christian Bale slash um, uh, Nolan Batman verse, it. The Tumblr made more sense for that universe and that we found out that you know, a lot of the equipment that Batman used were from R&D for military type stuff. So, Yeah, it made sense. Totally get it. Um, I just feel and like they, that. They explained why it had a jet engine so that way it, had, you know, it would jump over rivers and then yeah. all that stuff. But don't get me wrong, I really like this Batmobile. I, I like that they went simpler because even the Batmobile we saw in um, – Superman versus Batman or Batman versus Superman, whichever, you know, whatever that's called. It was more similar to the Tumblr, but, uh, you know, had all the big guns and all that stuff you know, yeah. ben, with Ben Affleck. It, whatever, it was all right, but I like that they didn't decide to go beyond that and keep beefing it up. I'm glad that they went with a car. He just needs to go somewhere fast. Yes. <laughs> that's it, if he's got to get somewhere. Um, I did like, you know, speaking since we're on a car and some gadgets, he did have some gadgets. He had a utility belt. And I like that his his uh, uh, back crest comes off and it's a, a good knife. And he's got like adrenaline packs, stims, almost like a video game stim. Yeah, and he had a port for it and everything. Yeah. I, I dug like the – and I didn't even know everything that was on his, his forearm. There's like all these little uh, – almost like 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 uh, the, the Mandalorian um, – Weren't those just the the grappling hooks that he'd shoot up or not? I guess, but there was like 10 of them or something on one side, you know? It was like these little tubes. Um, We didn't see it, but I did like that he had little gadgets and really smart. And uh, I guess his suit itself was, I mean, damn near indestructible because he took like a three-foot shot in the chest with a shotgun. Um, Yeah, the fact that, okay, so again, 
I enjoy the movie. Let's make that clear. But a rifle round at near point blank range, I don't know what kind of armor you have that keeps that off. Well, it's a shotgun, so it's buckshot. No, there was a shotgun too, but but he also took some rifle rounds. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that is the suspension of disbelief within that universe. Like, yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a Batman movie. You have to suspend disbelief to get go. But from there, it's like, you know, maybe in, in the second one, they'll show a little bit how he makes his tech because we don't, again, because it's not an origin story. He has these things and it's, you know, these are the questions that people will have. Um, how about Paul Dano? Since we get to the, we get the top four basic characters and then kind of jump through a couple of the other ones. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Um, I liked, I mean, they totally made him kind of like, like they even reference in the film. He's the opposite of Batman. He's smart. He looks like a nerd, but and not, that, not that there's anything wrong with being a nerd. I'm a nerd, but but you're not as smart as him. I'm not. No, 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 <laughs> no, not even close. Um, but I think he did it really well. You know, he's there's a lot to say about the whole Riddler thing as far as how it connects to today and the use of the internet and TikTok and all those things mm-hmm. and streaming and videos because he obviously he he's normally a quiet disturbed man but he puts on the mask and that's who he really is right and he's over the top and out there a bit and very performative right so Paul Dano Jim Carrey which <laughs> Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Okay, good. They did, Again, they did they didn't say his name was Edward. But they, was, they found his his real name was Edward something, but it wasn't Nigma. It wasn't Nigma. That was weird. That's okay. I think that's Enigma's really dumb. Like I I get it from a comic book standpoint, from a pure comic book, but for um so my my take is really, really like the Riddler, but I don't think they used him enough or they bookended it and and that's the biggest you know miss of the the film um paul dano is such a good actor and he he always plays somebody well not always but most of the time he plays uneasy people even in like the beach boy movie that he did um he's so good at uh it's still somebody a little bit off and he always you know if you've ever seen there will be blood my god he's scarier than than uh Daniel Day Lewis's character. That's a great movie. If you don't want to feel good, though, watch that movie. But it's it's a tour de force of acting. Well, um, what was that movie? And I'll look it up while we're talking. But he was also. I mean, he's been disturbing for a while. I'm trying to remember the name of that Ethan Hawke, uh, Angelina Jolie movie. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. He's in that. Uh, do you do you know that movie I'm talking about? Where no. Okay, well I'll look it up and we'll get back to it. But, but yes, he's a fan. Fantastic actor. I would have liked to see him. I guess what I'm missing from the film is seeing Paul Dano, the actor himself, outside of the mask. Walk, like like scenes in coffee shops that that was like one of the best scenes ever in the film. But it would have been nice to have that throughout the film. Like he goes to that coffee shop all the time and he's reading the news and you get to like just see a little bit of the human side of him and not just the mask. Like, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but. No, I see what you're saying. Whereas. Well, part of it is, 
everyone knows Bruce Wayne. So even though he really, Bruce Wayne himself wasn't in this film a lot, we didn't need a lot of Bruce Wayne to know Bruce Wayne. I mean, yes, this time he wasn't the playboy that he usually is, but we'll get to that. I'm pretty sure we'll see that in the second film, as we've noted. But this was such a different version of the Riddler. Right. That I think, yes, it would have been nice to have seen a little bit more of the Edward persona. Right. When we didn't. we Very right. little. Right. Very little. That would have been good. And I think the use of him using riddles to get to Batman makes sense to, to the end. Instead of just like, why would anybody want to get caught? Well, he did because he wanted to talk. I mean, he wanted to, you know, uh, talk to the Batman and say we're the same and, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, his point of... The reason he's doing all these things is a little bit of commentary of maybe the world today in a different way of like yep. pure corrupt government, right? And we see the corruption, um, and it's a commentary of haves and have-nots, um, the continual story of, you know, are we doing what we need to do for everybody in uh, his backstory of an orphan and, and that kind of stuff uh, and how hard of a life he has it while he sees, you know, people that are supposed to protect him actually are bought and paid for by somebody. Right. Um, Falcone or whatever. So that's a huge theme um, that plays into the Riddler and, and it is the comment social commentary of the time for uh, the Batman. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that part of it. Let's see. What about Alfred? Uh, Alfred was fine. He, he's really not in this film a lot. All we see is not that, as much as I thought he would be. No, I mean, really, the kind of impression you get—I mean, nothing against Anthony Circus or Andy Circus. Sorry, um, he, he was fine. He was good. Yep. I mean, but there's not a lot of meat here for that, so it's it's not a knock on Circus. Um, obviously, Matt Reeves likes working with him because you know um, he was you know he was Caesar in the last two right. Um, you know, Planet of the Apes movies that Matt Reeves directed. Which I loved. I love Planet of the Apes. Those movies are good. You know, I only ever saw the first one. I oh own the God. other two. I just haven't seen them yet. They're so good, Michael. I've heard good things. I That's why I own them, and it's one of those things I just haven't gotten around to. But um, he, he's good, but really, you know, in the first scene with him, the only reason he's really there is to make it clear that he is not Bruce's father. And he, I feel kind of bad for Andy there. Or yeah. not Andy. Um, Alfred. Alfred. And then, uh, I mean, you see later by the end of the film that Bruce does care about him a lot. Which is a very important scene. Yes, very important scene. So it's the only time you ever see him, you you see him, you know, they have that first initial, you're not my father. And yes, you've made that very clear. And then a few minutes later, he's helping him with the cipher. Which I see, we, we learned some things about Alfred that's important. A, he's very smart. Yes. B, he taught him how to fight, which means he must be some kind of... Well, depending on which origin story you go with, because isn't there a Pennyworth show out right now? Yeah, I think so. Which, depending on which origin story you go with, he was a badass, like, commando slash black ops soldier in the And he looks wounded because he has a cane, so obviously he went through something. Right, right. So, and then even, even in Gotham, what, the TV show... Didn't you watch that? Yeah, I did. He was great. That was a good show. What, wasn't he like former Black Ops or something he was. too? Or he, SAS? He was, uh, he, yeah, SAS. Okay. So same kind of thing. I, I'm assuming this is his backstory here just because of that whole thing with 
I taught you how to fight. Right. Um, and it seems like they've never really gone. I, I don't know. Maybe to, I've. What's room that? To grow, room to grow for the next film. There's very much. There's very much room to grow. But I got the impression in this film, yes, he's the butler, but he also made reference that he was there to protect Bruce. He was supposed to protect Thomas and Martha. I think because he. I think because of that background, which again is total assumption based on other versions of Alfred, but just on the little cues they've given, I have to believe a large part of his role was bodyguard. Yeah, agree. But so the scene where he's um, in the hospital, which I thought, I mean, I thought he was going to die. I mean, that was one thing like, holy shit, he's going to lose Alfred. Like, well, even before they got to that scene, when they showed the yeah. explosion and yeah. you find out, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give Matt Reeves a lot of credit there. That was so well filmed and reminded me a little bit of Watchmen because right. Batman is trying to call, trying to call, trying to call. And you yeah. find out it happened an hour ago. Yeah. But the way they filmed it, it made it look like, oh, Alfred's just not picking up the phone. Right. But even before we got to the hospital, I was like, holy shit, they killed Alfred. That's it. Yeah. I was like, he's out was, of the film. Because it's such a closed universe and different universe, you don't know where he was going to go with it. So there's some couple things in the film that were really good about that. But that scene in the hospital is kind of what brought back Bruce back to humanity. Like he's yes. the last link to humanity is, is Alfred. Um. So that was a very important scene. It's the first time you even see him like embrace or touch somebody. You know what I mean? Other than like yep. Catwoman in a in a weird way, but um, <laughs> not a weird way, but like in a non. I know, I know what you mean. But you um, mean. so that was a big deal. It was a, it was a big deal uh, for that particular that particular scene. So um, speaking of like the the twists and turns of the film, I really liked how they thought he thought that he was going to be unmasked by the Riddler figured out who he was and he didn't, this is where he's really smart, right? It's kind of like, it's a, it's a line from, um, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which you've probably never seen Michael, but, uh, it's a salesman movie play, um, by David Mamet with, uh, Al Pacino's in it. Anyways, Al Pacino says to Kevin Spacey in the film to another sales guy, he says, he calls him a child and says, you know why? Because you never open your mouth until you know what the shot is. Like, you, you don't talk. And that's what Batman, he didn't open his mouth. He was ready to, like, almost confess that he was Batman because he kept saying, Bruce Wayne, you know? And yes. Then he, said, then he said, we never got him. And, and then, whoa, like, if he just said anything, it would have been a disaster because it was on camera. He looks up at the camera. Um. We thought he was unmasked. I think everybody in the audience thought that Riddler figured out who he was. Well, there were so many red herrings. Even the video that was locked was called The Truth Unmasked. Yep. So he saw that, and that's when he said, I think this is the end of the Batman. Yeah. So it set us up. I kept waiting. I'm like, why wouldn't Why wouldn't the Riddler figure it out? He's so smart. Right. He's figured out all these other connections. Why wouldn't he figure out that Bruce Wayne was the Batman? I mean, no one ever sees him because he's a recluse. Right. You know, it's he's a billionaire and suddenly this guy shows up with all these awesome gadgets and is fighting crime for two years. Right. And even, even Selena at one point said, well, it's clear you grew up rich because yeah. you don't know about these problems. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, paraphrasing, but yeah, that was a fantastic, like I said, there are many great things in this film and that is one of the fantastic scenes in this film. Yeah. One of the best, one of the best, but like I said, 
you know, I almost think, uh, I know we're going off in a different direction here real sure. quick, but at three hours, like, like I said, I, I said editing and then you said, well, it, it is well edited and you're right. It is, it doesn't really lose your attention, but no. I almost think now this could have been two films, but I yeah. don't know where you would have cut it. I don't know where you were to cut it either. I just think that the time it took to uh, maybe one of the last characters we can talk about too is Falcone, uh, John Turturro, who's great in pretty much everything. Um, the time it took to figure out who the central or or the 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 fulcrum of the story sets around and and is Falcone. I feel like the time that he chased down the penguin. To figure out Falcone could have been shorter, and we could have gotten more into the Riddler, yes. um, because you know there's a lot of there's a, so many pieces on that string of 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 Selena Kyle being the uh, what do you, not, not bastard child. What do you call it for? I guess I'll. No, I think you're still bastard if you're a woman. It's just not usually used, right? So um, a Falcone who didn't care, and she's on her the revenge, illegitimate child, illegitimate child. Um. You know that that could have been a little quicker. Uh, yeah, you know stuff like that is 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 really minor, minor stuff, uh, but important stuff. Um, and and that I will say, it could have been compressed, is what I'm saying. Between oh, hundred percent. No, I was thrown off by the 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 riddle of um, what do you say, El Rat? What which is ever that website is too. El Rata. El Rata. Uh, being the penguin and all that, I thought, sure, it's penguin. I forgot about the Falcone name, Falcon. Like I yep. just, which is a, you know, hopefully you guys did watch this movie before you listen to us because I know we said spoilers at the beginning, but as I talk, I'm like, should I say this? But like, well, we told everybody there's spoilers. So, well, and let can we just take a second to recognize how freaking creepy Falcone is? Yeah, he's great. And that, okay, Selena tells us that, you know, he he's his father. Her father. Right. And she made, she tells a story about her mom used to work at that club and blah, blah, blah. And the way he looked at her when she you know was a good little girl, because he knew, obviously, who she was. Right. But he didn't know as an adult who she was. Right. He didn't recognize her. From, so the couple times we see him. He's hitting on his daughter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God, he's hitting on his daughter. Well, he doesn't know it, but still. Ugh. Right? Yeah, very... Turturro, I mean, that's not a diss on Turturro. He's a fantastic actor, and I thought he did great as Falcone. Oh, he was awesome. So do you – I don't know in the comics. Uh, does Falcone die in the comics too or – You know, I I don't recall. I See, I'm not the Batman archivist really. I, I know Me either. a lot of 80s, 90s Batman because that's when I really read him. Now, Falcone is the one of the major um, – our antagonists in the long Halloween. Well, that's a good. Was, I was going to bring that up. So good, good for you on that. You brought up comics. I guess this was based on you know almost year one and Long Halloween together. Yep, I can see that. I've never read Long Halloween, but I kind of want to now. You should read it. It's fantastic. I'll look it up on uh, Comicsology when I leave here. It's so good. It's so good. I remember. I remember I heard good things about it because I got out of comics for a while, and then I heard good things, and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. I bought it. I remember reading it like cover to cover on a beach one day. I was, it was the summer mm-hmm. we were at the beach and I was like, maybe it wasn't cover to cover, but I, I tore through and I'm like, this is amazing. And this was in the nineties, right? This is way past 
Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, I want to say, let's way past Dark Knight. I want to say it was early 2000s, because unfortunately that was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. That's sad. Um, so I'll have to read those. Is it, a, is it a graphic novel or was it a series of... It was a series, um, but you can buy it in a graphic novel form. It was uh, 13 issues. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yep. Uh, there were a couple different specials, yada, 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 but it came out. Oh, it was 90s from 96 to 97. It's phenomenal. Cool. I knew it was after Dark Knight, but I wasn't sure how far. Yep. And they, there's actually, a, they actually the, the creative team actually did a, not a sequel per se, but a thematic sequel. They do another story, but it includes uh, Robin as well, whereas this one's earlier in Batman's career. Right. Um, it's called Dark Something. I don't remember off the top of it. I have that. That's very good as well, but this was, this one is perfect. Did you like, um, I mean, we can start winding this down. We've kind of gone over our, our typical hour, but this movie's three hours long, so deal with it. Um, did you like the way the Riddler did his his uh, riddles and the ciphers and all that? Was that good to you? I, I thought it was cool, but. I thought it was cool. Um, I just thought. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you would have done it differently, but it seemed like they were deciphered way too quickly. Yeah, there was no time frame on the ciphering, which usually gives a an edge when you're trying to figure something out. Like if you don't figure this out in three minutes, you know. Right. Kind of was in some ways with the, the, the memorial scene with well, the, the DA or Skarsgård. Which, interesting, Skarsgård, I mean, he's a known actor, and he basically plays like a bit role. I mean, he's in it for yeah. 15 minutes. Why not? I do yeah. the same thing. <laughs> oh, well, so would I, but I'm not I'm not Skarsgård. Um, yeah, but then again, I will give him credit because some of the riddles were misunderstood, and that's how we, you know, right. that's how they focus on the penguin, and right. then realize, oh, shit, it's Falcone. Right. What about that so, carpet, the carpet tool, which I started with the film, the carpet tool, and then. Uh, so that just tells you that Riddler had that plan from day one. Right. Destroy the city. But he, but like he said in his confession, well, confession, was that um, you, you can't just tell people the truth. You have to bring them to it. Yeah. So he you already knew he was going to wipe out Gotham, right. flood Gotham. But then. So he, who knows how long he had those, you know, trucks and bombs in place. Right. But then he had to bring the city around to see why he did it. So part yeah. one was actually the, you know, destroying of Gotham. Part two was getting everyone to see why. Right. And I liked, you know, that it wasn't just a bomb to kill a bunch of people. It was a bomb to open up floodgates to like clean the city out. Right. Yeah. It was cool. It was a little bit of the Bane thing where they burnt all the bomb or bombed all the bridges and kept them, you know. On the island, um, on the island, so to speak. Um, yeah. Did you like the voiceover, the the noir voiceover of, of, of a kind of Blade Runner ish? Um... Yeah, I thought it worked in this particular case, especially when you saw. I mean, the fact that Batman is still new, if you will. I mean, yes, he's been doing it for two years, but I like that he's keeping a journal, um, yeah. because that again kind of lends itself to the detective portion of it. It's. It's not just a journal with, you know, today I had, you know, a bowl of cereal and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. But he's also writing down all these clues and things and that, you know, as a detective, he's going to file these and he's going to go back and look at these from time to time when different cases come up because there's right. going to be connection 
none of this is all going to be in a vacuum. So I, I liked it. I thought it worked well with the uh, that motif there of using the journals. Yeah, I liked it because it gave us a little bit of insight into what's in his mind, which you never really get in any other Batman movie. Yeah, I agree. It gives a nice, nice flick to that. Um, all right, let's let's save this. Well, let, so Barry Kagan, Keegan, that's how you say his name, is at the end of the film in a cell next to the Riddler. And he kind of like brings the Riddler from uh, feeling bad about himself to like coming around saying he did, he did a pretty good job. He did good out there. Right. You didn't like it. I didn't. I, I didn't mind it because, you know, what other crazy person is going to be in there right like, at the particular time? I get it. The Joker is one of, is the biggest antagonist of the Batman. I get it. So we have to have a Joker. We didn't, didn't say bit, it was a Joker. We just, we, we, we know it is. But yeah, it's that joke. We, I mean, just the way you could tell the guy he was smiling and laughing. We are a man or a clown. He might, he might not be the Joker yet. But he's he's a precursor to the Joker, right? Well, we can understand. Well, all we can say is that maybe you know, year one is he found the Joker. Like that that story already happened, right? So, so they could skip over it for that. We don't. There's no guarantee that this Joker is going to be in the second film. No, no. But nor do I think he should be, because of what you said. You know, he is kind of played right now. It's not. It's it's almost because it's such a damn good character. It's easy to go back to. But like I don't know all the Batman rogues and villains, so I don't know who would be the next. Like we did Scarecrow already, so we want that. You know, do, right, Mr. Well, Freeze is a little far out there right now. If you get, he, you know, he is far out there. But I mean, who knows what they could do with Mr. Freeze? Because based yeah. on what they've how they've so changed the Riddler, they could make Mr. Freeze working away. But yeah, but you have right. you know Mad you have the Black Poison Ivy, Hatter, Black Mask. You know, Poison Ivy would be interesting. Yeah. Bane. Well, they've already done Bane. I don't know how you top. That Bane was good, but the story wasn't great. Um, no, but I like the Bane. Um, you know, it's just like, what are you going to do? I mean, there's, everybody only has so many, you know, bad guys, you know. The Flash. Right. It's just tough. But, you and, know. And, as we've said, maybe on various uh, podcasts here, DC's villains are not as good as Marvel's. Oh, um, yeah. I agree. So it's just tough, like, to who you're going to pick. It's just Nicholson, Jack Nicholson did a fantastic job in the 80s. Um, Obviously, no one has ever, ever, well, I don't know this, but I feel pretty strongly no one's ever going to top the uh, Heath Ledger Joker. I mean. For that story, no. Well, yeah, but Jared Leto, okay, fine. And then who else have we had? Who else have we had? The Joker movie? Enough. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> what else? Probably the fine, one of the finest, you know, Academy Award winning for the role. <laughs> the oh, it was great. No question. No question. But, you know, here we have, but at least, okay, in the last 10 years, we've already had three Jokers. Oh, yeah. Fourth. I totally, I, yeah, I get it. So it it's, it's one of those weird things. Yes, Batman has to have a Joker. I just... I would have liked to have one Batman movie without a Joker. Because let's face it, all three first Batman movies, you know, the Keaton Batman, Batman Begins, and now the Batman. Well, Batman Begins did not have Joker. It did have a reference to Joker at the end. It had a card. 
He left his exactly. Card. Yeah, but like they all reference the Joker in some way. Yeah. Obviously, he was in the first one. He's referenced in Batman Begins, and it, he appears to be referenced and shown here. Yeah. So, I get it. They, there's a need for the Joker. I just, yeah, I'm I'm Jokered out. You just have to find a villain that is slightly grounded, right? Not anybody with, um, I guess I don't know what they're going to do if if this Batman gets pulled into to the other universe. I, I doubt it. Um, but we'll see. I like you know what I mean, like superhuman abilities. I can't even think of any Batman characters that have like superhuman abilities, though. They're all like people that are deranged and figured out tech or something. Well, maybe when Mister Freeze who. Lives well, frozen, right? But he's still a scientist that made something. And Poison Ivy, she she controls plants. She was, a, she was a scientist as well, right? It wasn't. I know, but yeah. But I guess so. Let's talk about that real quick. You, we mentioned you mentioned just very briefly, you know the the superhero portion of it. Mm-hmm. I don't see this Batman fitting into the Justice League at this point. No, I don't. Either. And I don't. I really wonder if DC, DC even plans on making that happen. No, I, I who knows? I, we'll see. The flat. That's why I said the Flash is going to be an instrumental film on how they're if they're going to have a connected Justice League universe or everything just gets separated and they make their own movies, which is fine too. It doesn't have to be like Marvel. Give me some good one offs. I'm good. Yeah, I'm of the mind. After seeing this movie, they will connect where they want. But there is going to be a multiverse, and there's going to be a Joker verse, and there's going to be the Batman verse, and then they're going to have the combined universe with Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Maybe Superman, Flash. Do they need the Batman and Superman? That's their two biggest people. They got to figure that out. They got to figure Superman out. They, they, they have a lot of work to do to do it right. Well, yeah. So basically, I know just last last episode we did our Crystal Ball episode, and already it's a little bit tweaked because I don't see this version of Batman fitting into the Justice League. At least not now. Maybe after he's had his you know inevitable trilogy of films, right. if his arc takes him to a place where he can go on to bigger issues. But right now I don't see the Robert Pattinson Batman as part of the Justice League. I don't either. I don't either. And I don't want the, you know, as much like Michael Keaton, he's going to be in the flash movie. So it's same with Ben Affleck, but neither one of them are going to be the Batman. I would think going forward in that universe. I think maybe they'll set up a, a Michael Keaton as a Batman beyond. Be I'm, cool. I'm good with that. That'd be badass with Batgirl I think, show and a Batman being. Yeah, I think of. I think that's the role he's going to be playing in the Batgirl show as a mentor. Yeah, I would love to see. I love the Batman Beyond cartoon or animated show. I really liked it. That was a cool, cool premise. It was I a agree, nice, a nice way of doing a Miles Morales take on Batman. You know, someone's got to carry on the mantle, Zorro-ish, because Zorro—that's what Zorro always was. And that's where Batman came from. Yep. It was the Zorro thing. So. One last thing. Uh, you said there was no levity. What about thumb drive? That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's fun. I'm, I didn't say there was zero levity. I just say, there. This. I mean, tell me, tell me this movie is not grimdark. Oh, hell yeah. But that thumb drive was great. Even that joke is pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, it's a severed thumb. Yeah, but then he had to use that thumb to get into the thumb drive. It was great. It was incredible. It was. It was great. But then it sent all the emails. Like It was good. There's a lot of good stuff in this. Um, yeah. All right, so... We can wind this down. Uh, unless, do, you think we, do we miss anything? I think we covered a lot. 
We have, and because, you know, it's been, what, uh, just over 12 hours since I finished seeing it, right. I'm still trying to decide where it places in my uh, rankings of the Batman film, so I don't know yet. Yeah, to me, it's just so different and so much uh, interesting, and, I, and again, it's not a comic book movie. It's not as bright as the Nolan films, um, you know, and I, I, you know what? Does it have to be the best? I think, you know, ranking's always a tough thing. Uh, I think you're going to like what you like. Uh but I think it's 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 up there for me. It's top three. How's that? My initial reaction is is number four. Yeah, I was never into the. I liked. I never liked the. Um, I said never liked it. I liked the first Batman with Michael Keaton, but when I rewatch it, I don't like it. I can see that the rewatchability of those are not very good. Well, you know, I will say this: when you watch those, that first one. It's totally obvious they're on a, a stage. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like Gotham, right? Whereas all these subsequent films, starting with Nolan on, they've made such a big deal of filming on location and making Gotham feel like a real city. Yeah. So like the rewatchability is something I put into account. I can rewatch Spider-Man 2, and I know it's not the effects of today, but damn, it's still a great fucking movie. Agreed. You know, and... So, so that's where it is right now. I think it's top three, probably. Um, I, I almost like it better than Batman Begins, maybe. But not I do as not. Much as, but Batman not as much. Begins. I have to think I about it. it. I, I do, I too. It. I'll have to watch them again. It, it just, I, when I go back to watch those, it's like, I just can't get past his voice. Like I said, the voice doesn't bother me. But what, what I found out last night was um, Shaley has actually never seen the Nolan Batman well, film. So there you go. So I get to, to revisit those. There you go. Cool. All right. So that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Michael, let people tell tell the people where they can tell us about their thoughts of the Batman and which Batman is better and which Batmobile is better and all the cool things uh, that they can do or tell us. Yeah, what are to- your thoughts? What are your opinions? Let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Kybercast. We also have both a Facebook page and a group at the Kybercast. Let us know what you think. Cool. And if you want to drop us a tip, check out patreon.com slash kybercast. That will help us out. Uh, but the best way to help this show is to smash that subscribe button. I got to say it every time now. Uh, that, leave, <laughs> that, that actually helps the show the most and leave some kind of review. I mean, be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'd love to have great reviews, but I'd like to learn too and how we can be better. So leave a review. That helps out the podcast tremendously. Or check out our website at kybercast.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there. They're streamed via SoundCloud on our website. And check out the store at kybercast.com slash store or shop. And then you can uh, see some swag. So we will probably record next week talking about Picard and uh, maybe some other uh, Star Trek items. Um, But hopefully you'll get a chance to go see the Batman and enjoy it like we have. So until next week, this is the way I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation. Anyway,